Well, we had church last week. That's nice. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm chapter, Psalm 10. Psalm 10. When I was younger, we had, I was in Bible quizzing, and we did Psalms, and my, my mother drilled it into my head that it wasn't Psalm chapter whatever. It's just Psalm 10. No, I'm sorry, mother. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Psalm 10 is where we will be um, tonight. We started a new thing last week. You guys were all here, I think, about uh, lamenting, which is a little different. Uh, nice positive <laughs> thing to Anyways, so uh, tonight we're going to talk about complaining, and I know some of you are very excited about this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, Psalm chapter... Ah, I did it again! <laughs> Psalm 10, sorry. Oh, you're all awake. I yelled at you. Okay, Psalm 10. I've never said chapter before. I think I got complaint written above here, and I see this here. Anyways, Psalm 10 and 1. I'm going to read in the modern English version again. Um, just kind of trims down some of the S's and whatever. So, verse 1 says, Why do you stand far off, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And uh, it's a good way to start off a song. Just jumps right into it, right? Like, why are you even, why are you, why are you so far away? Why are you hiding yourself? And we've if we're honest, uh, I think most of us have probably felt like that at some point. Um, there's times in our lives when we feel like, like God isn't there. We know that He is. But there's times where it feels, it feels like he, He's not. Um, you know, times of loss and, and grief and mourning. You know, there's times where you just feel um, empty inside. Uh, feel alone. And our reaction can be like, like David, let's see, the writer of this song. Like, where are you? Where are you, God? And, and last week we talked about the first step in lament, which was dealing with, uh, dealing with despair. If you're going to deal with your despair, the first step in lament, we talked about last week, there we go, was turning to God in prayer. So the first step in despair, turn to God in prayer. It rhymes, so it's got to be true. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Well, the first thing we need to do um, in the, these times is to keep the, the line of communication open. Um, growing up, there was a, one of our assistant pastors. Um, his name was Peter. Pastors his own church. Now, he was one of those guys that does all the things, right? And, he sang and he preached and played a little saxophone, a little, a lot of different behind-the-scenes things. But um, sometimes he would lead worship, and his favorite song, which I don't like, but it was his favorite song. And pretty much every time that he led, he would sing "Jesus on the Main Line." I don't know if you guys know that one. Amen. <laughs> we don't even have phones like that anymore. We didn't in the '90s. When we were singing it, but he was singing, and 
a friend of mine in Bible school, um, he's from PEI, and he said that song used to depress his uncle because he thought it was Jesus on the mainland. <laughs> but that was a song that we would sing all the time, and I didn't really, I was like, what is the mainland? I, I know what it means now, but, you know, it's basically you just keep the lines open. Jesus is there, and we got to keep the lines, keep the lines open, and keep talking. So the first thing that we're going to do, or we need to do, if we have any kind of problem or issue or anything, grief and anything we're dealing with, we need to keep the keep the lines of communication open. Yes. So we need to keep praying, because we're going to get through it if we keep praying. All right. So that was last week. You don't remember? Keep praying. Keep talking to God. Keep. Keep the main line open. Amen. Now we got cell phones you can reach at any moment of the day. But keep the main line open. Keep the line of communication open. And if we do that, we'll get through it. Yes. Uh, the next step is to bring your complaints to God. So you remember the four steps of what we need to do is turn to God. So keep, you know, keep talking, turn to Him. Complain, ask, and then trust. So we gotta, that's how we got if we're going to get through any of this stuff that we're, we're struggling with, any of the sorrow, despair, any of that stuff, that's how we're going to do it. And you may already be a little bristling as complaints, complaining. You know, I don't complain. Everybody's like, oh, I don't complain. <laughs> You're all, anyways. There's a guy, <laughs> um, Tim. Every time we ask him how it's going, you're like, how's it going? He's like, oh, I can't complain. And if I did, no one will listen anyway. <laughs> right? That's how he always says it. And <laughs> he may be true. He may be right. I don't know. But com- the word complain is not something that we associate as being positive. Right? It's just a negative word generally. And it seems like the, the wrong response, the wrong thing to do. You know, we're Christians, right? We're people of God. Paul said we need to be content, you know, in all things. And we're supposed to give thanks in everything. And uh, we're supposed to be content and be thankful. We're, just, we're not supposed to ever be upset or complain and, you know, never get frustrated or any of that. And I think we put these, I don't know, limitations on ourselves and don't let ourselves just be human sometimes, but... Um, there's other people that maybe that you hear the word complain and they, they take it as a, a green light to just, okay, sit down. Let me pour you some tea. We're going to be here a while. <laughs> so there's these two sides. There's the one that's like, I don't know. I'm tough. I don't complain. I'm a Christian. There's another, oh, complain. How much time do you have? <laughs> On a church we were at once, um, I don't know if you remember uh, last last year at New Year's we did like a testimony thing. We kind of went around and, and we talked about you know things God had done that year, and we did that at another church that we were um, part of. And um, one guy just took the whole time to complain. Mm. He was like, you know what? Started off false accusations, ended with false accusations, and he just kept going and talking. And, and we're all expecting a twist to come, but God is faithful. You know, something, you know, his testimonies, right? It never came. <laughs> I was like, anyways, next. And we're like, oh, okay. 
It was weird. <laughs> so there's people like that, and then there's people like, you know, don't want to ever admit that there's anything, anything wrong. Um, we don't need to be in a constant state of sadness and complaint. Right. You know, never happy or content. You know, we need to be those things. But there are times for us to complain. Biblically. But the way to do it is complain to God in prayer. That's the difference. Yes. Difference. I'm not talking about complaining about your husband to your friend or complaining about your pastor to another pastor or complaining about your job to anyone that's going to listen or complaining about your kids to someone else. Complaining about whatever on Facebook. You know, that's not the way to do it. Amen. We are allowed to complain in prayer. And as we read, if you read through the Psalms, you'll find there's a lot of creative complaining. There's a lot of things that the writers are dealing with, a lot of sorrow, a lot of fear, a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion. The Bible has a lot of complaints in it. And this, you know, the book of Psalms was the, the Jewish songbook specifically. You know, that's what it is. And they set music to these complaints. You know, everyone would get together and sing about how frustrated they are. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, we said last week, at least one third of the Psalms were Psalms of Lament. So, I mean, you can't open the book without finding one. We're going to sing today. Oh, God, where are you? You know, imagine we come together. Oh, let's turn in our, our psalm books. <laughs> psalm 10. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And we're all singing it together. Like, that would be, be fun. Be different. <laughs> and I'm not saying you know, it's okay for us to, to be selfish and to turn to rage and anger at God. Because life isn't turning out the way that we thought it would. That's the wrong attitude too. Um, but there are moments and there are times when we can complain to God through lament. There's a place and a time to complain to God and it's through lament. That's one of the main focuses of this type of prayer. And that's kind of what starts the whole thing. That's what starts, you know, that's why we're upset, really. And when we mourn, and, or we're sad, or we're facing sorrow or pain, what, what causes it? Most of the time, things didn't go the way that we wanted, or the way we thought they would. Right? You know, if you lose somebody, you know, I thought they were going to be here longer. I thought I was going to have them in my life longer. I thought, you know, I was, my dad would be able to see me graduate, or meet his grandchildren. And I'm upset because that's not going to happen. Right? You know, my, my job fell through. You know, the security that I had is gone because something happened. Or uh, a friend that you always expected to be by your side stabbed you in the back. Or your bills came unexpectedly and you have no way to pay them. Or, you know, it's generally when things don't go the way that we think they will go or plan for them to go and um, complaining to God is the basis of lament not whining but a complaint saying God I didn't see this coming I don't know what to do with it and 
you know, at McDonald's we have customer survey cards and or we actually we did it on a website and people would say, Oh, this is what happened, I went in and whatever and some of them were, you know, okay, that's a real issue and some of them you just they just wanted to complain about something. They just wanted to whine about something. Everything was wrong and it's like we waited forty five minutes, it's like, no you didn't, we got cameras. <laughs> it wasn't that it was longer than it should have been, but it wasn't forty five. You know, there's there's a difference between complaining and just <laughs> just whining and dragging it, whatever. So, uh, anyways, when dealing with suffering, we generally have two responses that we, we do, and both of them are wrong. It's either um, anger or denial. It's generally how we respond to the suffering. Some people get mad and angry um, at Jesus because of the way things happen, Right? Um, so people they get so mad that they end up putting themselves in a prison of despair and bitterness for the rest of their lives because they just take that anger and and ends up you know keeping them bound. Right. And they walk away in anger from God. They hate they hate him. They hate the church. Whatever because of something that happened. Pain turns into rage and their spiritual life is never the same. And sometimes people walk away in anger. Sometimes people lose faith because they got mad at God or a church or somebody in the church or whatever. And others, others live in denial and they become stoic or statue-like. You know, their head held high. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. I got this all under control. Everything's going to be fine. And they put on this pretend contentment or pretendment is a word I made up. And you can tell by looking at them and you know that the things that they've gone through and you know that there should be something, you know, you don't need to pretend. You can tell that something's wrong. Or they, they just live in this state of denial that it's all fine and I'll be good and everything's hunky-dory. But lament gives us another option. If we bring our complaints to God properly and biblically, we're able to express our disappointment and our hurt and get it off our chest and work towards a resolution. So turn, complain, ask, and trust. The end goal needs to be trusting Him. And it may take a bit to get there. It may take a while to get through it. But this is, this is where we're headed. We're headed towards trusting Him. We're headed towards following following him and that's where we need to be we complain to Jesus based on our belief in who he is and what he can do crying is human we said last week but to lament is Christian lament is how people who know what God is like and who he is and people that believe in him that's how they address their pain because God is good but life is hard sometimes Right? And that's where the complaints come in. Lament is the language of a people who believe in God's sovereignty, but live in a world of tragedy. We have people here tonight that have lost children, have lost mothers and fathers and loved ones. People that have been hurt, have been abandoned, have battled the cancer, have had heartache, have had heart attacks, have been through some tragic things. Some wild and painful things. But I know that every one of you believe that God is good. 
and that he is in control. But that doesn't make life not hard sometimes. Because it still it can still be hard. Life still happens to everyone. A part of our struggle when we're going through something is reconciling our belief in the promises and provision of God and his word and the pain that we're feeling. Since we know that he's good, his word says that he's good. His prom- I know he's, he's got promises for me. He's going to be there. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He loves me. He's going to provide for me. But right now, I, I've got this pain. Right now, I'm feeling alone. You know, if God is so good, why does this happen? If he loves me, why am I alone? We have these questions, just like the writers of songs. And we're fighting to hold on to these promises of his word through tears. We believe in his goodness with all of our heart. But right now, my heart is broken. And right now, I'm in pain. So if we're going to learn how to lament, how to deal with his pain and struggling, if we're going to find the grace in the suffering, we need to learn how to complain biblically and properly. So that brings us to Psalm 10. That was a long introduction. But Psalm 10 begins with two pretty strong Complaints. Verse 1, it says, Why do you stand far off, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Why are you so far away? Why aren't you there when I need you? Why are you hiding? The writer of this psalm seems to be dealing with God about some sort of injustice as we'll read through it. We'll see you know, what he's, he's seeing things going on. He doesn't understand why. And he's wondering why. And he's wrestling with the fact that God just seems to be allowing this to happen. And that's the big question everybody has. You know, God's so good. Why does this happen? Every time, right? right. <laughs> that's what... So Psalm 10, he's dealing with it. And he's wondering why. And he's wrestling with the fact that God is allowing this thing to go on. And, but if we're going to complain, if we're going to lament properly and biblically, it needs to start with us bringing our questions to him. Not to someone else. Not online. Not to your friends. Bring our questions to him. He says, why do you stand so far away from me? And the writer is pretty upset that God seems to be so far away. And removed from what's going on. The disciples kind of had the same problem with Jesus. Um, when they were going through the storm. They are like, why are you sleeping? Don't you care that we die? Right? It says, you know, Lord, why, are you, why do you stand so far off, Lord? And the word Lord here is, is Yahweh or the I Am. And that's the name that God gave Moses when Moses was going to, to Pharaoh. And this name of the God who delivered them from Egypt. It's the name of the God who walked with them and led them and provided for them every step of the way. And had always been there for them that corrected them, that stepped in and took care of their enemies and did miraculous things. Yahweh, their deliverer. But this moment, it didn't seem like he was there at all. This moment, it didn't seem like he was the I am. And right now, I felt like he was a far way off. He was far away, not like the deliverer, not like the leader that they knew that he was. Not like the I am. And sometimes it seems like God is distant. And to this, this writer, it seems like God was distant and God had stopped helping him. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Where is God? Why aren't you there? Why didn't you step in? When my father passed away, I struggled with that for years. The why. Why, why, 
Why did it happen? Why didn't anybody stop it? Why didn't you know why God didn't you why didn't you step in? Why didn't you I you know I thought you cared, I, I thought you loved me, you know, why didn't you make it you know it didn't have to happen, it was an accident, you know, why did this happen? And you're not alone if you ever felt like that. Most of us have been there, and if you haven't, you will probably be there at some point. And the type these type of songs show us that it's okay to feel like that sometimes. These are true and valid feelings, and they're part of our journey. They're part of having faith. Because faith means that even though I feel like this right now, even though I feel like right now, I don't know where he is, I don't, I don't know what's going on, I feel like this, but I know that he's there. I know that he does care. Faith is holding on during these times of questions. Holding on during these times of doubt and pain. The writer says, why did you hide yourself? It's bad enough to feel like God isn't there. But now it feels like he's avoiding me. He's hiding himself, it feels like. And this may make you feel a little uncomfortable, and that's okay. It may feel a little sacrilegious. But this is what the guy was feeling. The writer was struggling with something deep. It wasn't just wasn't just pain and confusion. He was struggling with God himself. He's saying it doesn't feel like God was being very godlike. He said he'd always be there. Where are you? Why are you hiding yourself from me? You said he'd always be there. And this is where his complaint comes in. Because the writer of Psalm 10 doesn't understand why it seems like God isn't working. He doesn't understand why it seems like God isn't stepping in and intervening and, and making this go the way that it should. So complaint is the second step of lament, and it's helpful because eventually we all learn and find out that life is in fact not fair. We've been wronged, we've seen people mistreated, and what's worse is when somebody's doing something wrong and mistreating somebody and they seem to get away with it, right? We've all seen that happen. In, uh, if you went to public school at all, you probably saw it happen. Remember in high school, I still haven't, can't get it out of my head, but I was in a math class and these two guys sat beside me and just all day long would just say terrible things to me, about me and whatever, just because I wouldn't say anything back because I was quiet and, and shy or whatever. And uh, the teacher just turned her back and just ignored it. One day they threw a textbook at my head and I was like, cool. Whatever, and the teacher said, oh, a book fell on the floor, and I just ignored it. And, you know, it was, it's frustrating. I ended up trying to play back then, but kind of stopped after a while. But um, the lack of any intervention from the person in charge was frustrating. You know, we've all been there. You, you're, if you've worked in any place for any amount of time, you know, it seems like people that don't do their job well are the ones that get promoted. Right? And the lack of consequence can be frustrating. And this is what he's, this writer of Psalm 10 is going on about. And, but complaint gives our, it gives our hard questions a voice. Because we have these questions sometimes. Yes. And complaint is how we present these to God. And life is filled with different types of, of suffering. I know this is a really positive message. I worked with a guy... He had a tattoo and it says something like life is life is pain or life is suffering. This is I don't know if it's funny, but 
This reminds me of that. But pain comes in all pain comes in all kinds of forms. Now, sorrow hits all parts of our our life. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small. It could be a sickness. It could just be dealing with a, a boss that isn't the nicest person. It could be a broken relationship. It could just be conflict with somebody. It could be being cheated on or having a friendship end or, or it could be death. It could be pain in our, our body. It could be infertility. It could be plans falling through. It could be backslidden children. It could be all of these things that we struggle with. And some of them may be big, some of them may be small, but they're all different types of pain. The longer we live, the more pain that we see. And we know that God could intervene. We know that. And it seems like a lot of times he doesn't. And that's where our complaint comes from. Psalm 10 isn't the only place like this. There are two types of questions in, in complaining to God and why and, uh, and how. We're going to read a few. Are you ready? All right. Psalm 22 and 1. It says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from delivering me and from my roaring words of distress? Psalm 44, 23 to 24 says, Awake, why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our afflictions and our Oppression. Um, Psalm 88 and 14. Oh Lord, why do you cast away my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? And then some how questions. Psalm 13, 1 to 2. It says, how long, oh Lord, will you, will you forget me for good? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I harbor cares in my soul and sorrow in my heart by day? How long will my enemy loom over me? Psalm 35 and 17. Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions, my life from the lions. Psalm 74 and 10, oh God, how long will the adversary scorn? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? Psalm 94 and 3, oh Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? And 137 and 4, how long shall we sing, or how shall we sing the song of the Lord in the foreign land? And once you... Once you start noticing these types of verses and psalms, um, they seem to, to pop up a bit more. They seem to stand out more. And these types of questions have been in the Bible the whole time, but we kind of just make us uncomfortable, and we, we know we're not supposed to feel like that or whatever, so we just ignore it. Um, but it's good to know that you're not the first person to have these types of questions. It's good to know that you're not the first person to have these kinds of, of doubts, and it's a comforting thing. Some of these things are written by David. The Bible says it was a man after God's own heart. Yes. And lament involves us taking our hard questions to, to Jesus and prayer, and that's the key, in prayer. You want to complain? Go ahead and complain. But if you're not taking it to God in prayer, nothing's going to change. When we have these hard questions, we need to take them to him. I don't know why sometimes it feels like God's not there. I don't know. I deal with the questions myself. I've dealt with them myself. I don't know. I don't know why things happen the way they do. Take it to him. I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. But he does. And if we take it to him, he'll lead us 
to a place where we can trust him. And if we don't take it to him in prayer, it's just it's never going to be dealt with. Sometimes we have these questions and we take them to everyone else instead. And we're all human and we all have questions from time to time. And the only one who can answer or take the feeling of hopelessness or pain away is Jesus. And sometimes we feel and we, we think like we're not allowed to get upset or complain. But these verses um, and Psalms are, are examples of, of how that we can. They show us how that we can. But it needs to go to Him in prayer. Not online, not on the phone, not on a text message, to God in prayer. Because God can handle your questions. God can handle your struggles. He can handle your pain. He can handle your suffering and your heartache. And He can heal it too. You can't be afraid to be honest with Him. Even if the struggles and questions are with God Himself, complaint is part of the journey. Healing starts... And prayer, and it starts with us being honest with God again. Again, if we go to the doctor and we don't tell them our symptoms, are we ever going to get the issue dealt with or not? <clears throat> There's an old joke about this lady that went to the doctor and she told him that everything was broken. <laughs> you know this one? My arm, ow, my arm's broken. Ow, my leg's broken. Ow, my head's broken. She's telling all these things that there's pain every time she touches these parts of her body and the doctor said, your finger's broken. <laughs> That's the problem. She wasn't being honest. <laughs> she had the wrong symptoms. And the <laughs> wouldn't have got dealt with properly. Honesty is important. Yeah, tell them where the actual pain is. He's going to deal with it. Putting voice to the complaint or the question in prayer is important. We bring our complaints to God in prayer and lament. And we also, we bring our complaints, but we need to bring our frustrations to him too. So back to Psalm 10. It shows us how important it is for us um, to not only tell him our complaints, but also tell him our frustration. There's something helpful about laying it all out there. Regularly with God, just being open and honest with Him. In Psalm 10, we'll see some of His complaints. Verse 2, it says, In arrogance, the wicked persecute the poor. Let them be caught in the devices they have planned. For the wicked boasts of his soul's desire. He blesses the greedy and despises the Lord. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek God. God is not in, in all, God is not in all his thoughts. So the guy that's writing this psalm, he's furious um, with the action of this proud and wicked person. And he's frustrated that this guy just seems to be getting away with everything. There's no justice. Right? This guy's persecuting the poor. He's boasting. He's you know, despising the Lord. He's not, asked, you know, not seeking God because he's so proud. He's not even thinking about God and anything that he does. And this guy is just out there being you know, a fool. And everything's coming up good for him. Yes. Everything's working out for him. Right? And verse 5 says, His ways are always prosperous. Your judgments are high and distant from him. As for all his enemies, they scoff at him. He's like, everything is working out for this guy. He's just out there living a the life of sin and just 
acting crazy and, and treating people poorly and, and everything. He just seems like he's being blessed and he's frustrated, right? Because he's trying to live right and God's nowhere near him, it feels like. And this guy's doing whatever he wants and everything's coming up. Roses. There you go. <clears throat> everything's working out for him. There's no punishment. He's getting away with whatever he wants. And he goes on in verse 6. says, he says in his heart, I shall not be moved. For generations, I shall not meet adverse, adver yeah. adversity. There it is. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue is mischief and iniquity. He sits in the lurking places of the villages and secret places. He murders the innocent. His eyes lurk against the unfortunate. He lies in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lies in wait to catch the poor. He catches the poor, drawing them in to his net. He crouches. He lies low so that the unfortunate fall by his strength. This sounds like a pretty good guy. This guy's running around. He's getting away with everything. Everything is working out for him. He's hurting the poor. He's killing people. He's cursing. He's lying. He's just being a no good for nothing heathen. He's hurting people everywhere he goes. And the proud man comes to the conclusion in verse 11. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He hides his face. He will never see it. This guy is the cockiest... <laughs> God, there was. Just thinks he's getting away with it. I'm sure if we thought for a few seconds we could think of somebody like that. We've all been in places where it seems like people just get away with everything. And that's frustrating. Right? But the writer, he turns this position of just sitting there and seeing this happen. And he takes that. And he takes his frustration and he turns it into a platform and he calls out to God. And his complaint is an opportunity to change the direction of his heart. And instead of him getting bitter and letting that consume him, he takes his, um, takes his frustrations and he takes his questions to God himself instead. And he lays it all out there. He's pretty honest right here. And he's incredibly specific with what's going on. And while praying this way and while lamenting and while turning to God and giving him his frustrations, because we get frustrated. We feel like we can't tell God because, I don't know, he'll judge us or something. I don't know. Oh, that's what we do. But this guy, he takes his frustrations and his questions, he gives it to God. And, he, and instead of God being like, hey, stop whining, suck it up, buttercup, walk it off, whatever, this him taking his frustration, taking his questions and giving it to God brings him closer to God. And you can write things down if you want. You can list your frustrations. You can pray over them. Whatever. Sometimes, sometimes writing stuff out helps to see how maybe not important they are. Um, maybe it looks a little silly what you write down on paper. But the steps are turn, complain, ask, and trust. In order to get from the pain to the trusting, we need to go through the complaints and frustrations. We need to give it to God. Yes. You know, it may look silly, but it's something we're dealing with. It's something that's coming between us and God, so we need to get rid of it. So how to complain the right way. We're almost done. I hope this makes sense so far. How to complain the right way. The first step to complaining the right way, there's four steps. First one is come humbly. If we're gonna blink, blah, 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 blah. talking too long. If we're gonna bring 
<clears throat> our complaints and frustrations to God and needs to be done like anything else we do with God, with a humble heart. We shouldn't be angry with Him. It's okay to ask pain-filled questions if we do it with humbleness. If we're proud and demanding, we come to God like He owes us something, um, it's not going not gonna to go well. not going to go the way we think it will. We come to Him with, with our pain, not with our pride. The first thing we need to do, we need to come humbly. The second thing, Jeff, if you could hand one of these out. I need some complaints to get you started. I know it's hard to complain. <clears throat> um, second thing, so the first thing you come humbly, the second is you need to pray the Bible. Uh, we need to use the Bible when we pray this way to keep us on the right track because it's easy. If you start complaining, it's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to just start listing things. Once you start listing things, it's easy to, it's hard to stop. It's easy to get off track and maybe get a little proud and a little arrogant. Maybe going to some old, good old fashioned murmuring. But um, we need to pray the we need to pray the Bible. Go through these these psalms. There's um, twenty um, twenty different psalms there. I put them in the New King James because nobody really. If we're going to be using these, nobody, I haven't met any of you that talked with these and those when you talk to me. So just, you can if you want, but just, you can use these when you pray and say, God, this is what I'm feeling. You know, why is this happening? <laughs> you know, there's, one side is why, one side is how. You know, why do you, why do you stand so far off? You know, sometimes we feel like that. It's okay to Pray that sometimes, you know. Um, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Or why are you forsaken me? Or, you know, why do you sleep, O Lord? Rise, don't cast us off forever. These, these are things that we can, we can pray. It's in the Word. We can use it. Um, you know, how long will you hide yourself forever? You know, we felt like that sometimes, you know. So these are, if you don't know where to start, <laughs> this is where you can start. But pray the Bible. Stick to it. Because this is what's going to lead you, lead you through, lead you out. And that's why we have His Word. But, um, and then the, th the third thing is we need to be, be honest. Because biblical complaint doesn't work at all if we're not honest. Like the lady saying everything was broken when it really was her finger. It doesn't work if we're not honest. If we're not honest about our pain and our frustrations and our fears. I've preached about this a few times. You know, about the guy with the withered hand. Jesus said, just stretch out your hand. And it was up to the guy to decide what hand he was going to put out. So he had one withered one. He had one that was fine. It was up to him. He needed to admit, I need this one healed. And if you could put the other hand on like, hey, high five. Let's go on our day. Like, he was healed because he was willing to admit that this is this needs to be fixed. This needs to be healed. There's a problem here. So we need to be honest about our pains, our frustrations, and our fears. We need to remember that he is our father. He's a loving father. He's not some, you know, I know we all haven't had the best relationships with fathers. Some of us have had good ones. Some of us haven't. But he's not some, some deadbeat father. 
He's a good, loving father. The best father you could ever want and more. The Bible says if, if your father is going to give you good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father do? If, he, if your earthly father is going to do it and he's, you know, he's just a man, how much more does your heavenly father love you? He's a good father. So when we pray, we need to come with, when we, when we pray and we come to him with a complaint or a frustration, we need to come to him as a, as a loving father. He is our Savior and He understands our struggles. Hebrews 4 and 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. You know, he cannot, you know, He's not someone that cannot feel what we felt. He knows what we're struggling with. You talk about people abandoning you. you know, all His disciples left Him. The people he came to, to save, to put him on a cross. You know, he knows. Jesus himself, when he was on the cross, quoted a psalm of lament, and he said, "My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me?" Psalm twenty-two and one. And he's not—he's not surprised. You're not going to shock him. He knows what you're going through, so you might as well tell him everything, humbly and honestly. And the fourth, fourth. Step, sorry, Sylvester came out of me. The fourth step, don't just complain. Complain is one of the steps. It's not like the platform where you stay for the rest of the day. It's not the deck that you, you walk up on and you stay there. It's not, you know, it's just a step to get you to the next spot. Steps, you need to move on from the step, right? Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in complaining like that guy I told you about at the beginning. This day year started off bad and ended bad. Here's all the things that happened. You know, it's easy sometimes to get caught up in complaining and stay there for a while. You know, once you start, it can be hard to stop. That's why we got to stick to the word and help it or use it to, to guide us through. They can get comfortable living there. We've met people. We know people. Nobody here. We all... And think of somebody, we all got one in our family, complains about everything, right? Well, maybe it's you, I don't know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the complaint is, the complaint and lament is to help us to be honest and open so that we can deal with it. Not to keep complaining forever. So we come to him with our complaints so that he can deal with it. We can move to the next step and we can get past it. Now if you are going to get them have surgery. Generally, it's to fix something in your body that needs to be fixed, right? But in order for that surgery to happen, you need to be cut open to deal with the actual issue. And that's kind of what complaint is like. Something needs to be done so that we can address the real issue and heal. It's designed to move us to the next step. Sometimes you need to open something up in order to deal with it. So when we complain, we open ourselves up so that God can deal with the actual issue and can heal and we can move on and trust Him, continue to walk with Him. Um, and if we, never, if we never move past complaint, then our prayer of lament just dies there and loses its purpose and power. The whole purpose is to take us from this hurt and pain 
and take us to the Lord, trusting Him again. If you read through most of these Psalms, by the end, He's turned around and said, you know what, you're still good, you're still God, and I still trust you. That's generally how they all go. But if we never move past it, you know, we just stay there, and our prayer will die, and it'll just lose purpose and power. We should never complain just to complain, but we should bring our complaints to Jesus in order to get closer to Him. We allow the honesty and opening of our hearts and souls to become a doorway to the next step and ultimately trusting Him more. Complaint is the, the turning point in lament. The next step is, is asking Him to, to move on our behalf. Complaint is a turning point. We need to be honest. We need to take time and be honest. And if you need to cry, cry. If, you, if you're frustrated, let them know. If you're Bring him your prayers. Bring him your questions. Bring him your frustrations. Talk to him about your struggles. Just a little talk with Jesus, right? Amen. You know the songs. Amen. Talk to him about your struggles. Even, even if it's messy and awkward and, and embarrassing and you don't, just, just do it. Just be honest. And let it push you to the next step, which is asking for help. But if you can't admit that you need help, if you can't admit that you're frustrated, if you can't admit that I have questions and I have pain, if I can't admit that, then I'm not going to get help. Right? Let's say the first step is admitting that there's a problem, right? Well, this is actually the second step in this. But. So ask for help. If you're going to complain, complain to God. It's the only way it's going to do any good. You can complain all you want to everybody. It's not going to do you any good at all. But if we complain to him, we bring it to him, it's the only way it's going to do anything. So we're allowed to complain. As long as you do it right. As long as you do it in prayer. Does that make sense? Oops. Let's all stand. I'm going over time. Heavens to Betsy.